You're listening to Late Norman Talk with Jonathan Weiner and Chuck Austin. Unscripted and real conversations with business leaders and marketing pros. And today we have my pal, Angela Dotsaris, owner of Leverage Lending Group. Angela, welcome. Thank you for having me, John. Appreciate it. So tell the audience a, a bit about you and your company. Um, okay, a bit about me. I am originally from upstate New York, born and raised. Uh, moved down here in 96. Uh, got into the mortgage business uh, around 2002, 2003, I think. It's been so long, I can barely remember. Um, and opened up my own company in 2007, uh, seeing a need in the marketplace for just some really quality, um, just quality uh, service when it comes to, to mortgages and, uh, and options. Now, you just came off a, a really good year. What would you uh, attribute that to? Um, I'd say longevity in the business. I've been around for quite some time. Uh, I have a huge referral base. I have a huge client, uh, past client database. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm known, I'm uh, trusted uh, in the community. Uh, so people, the, my biggest form of business is word of mouth referrals and things like that. I don't pay for my business. Love it. So where do you guys uh, typically work? What, what is your, your niche? Are you more in the residential lending or you know, residential homes? Do you do, you do commercial lending? Yeah, primarily um, specialized in uh, resi, residential fund, um, lending here in the greater Charlotte area. And there's enough business in my backyard in the Charlotte and surrounding areas that I don't need to do different states. I don't see any, uh, a reason to, to go to Florida or South Carolina or anything. There's so much business already here. Um, and I, but I, want, I also want to be that local lender as well. I want to be that go-to of uh, that staple in Charlotte. Um, but, yes, primarily residential. Um, I dabble in commercial. Uh, I've been trying to get into more of the SBA, small business lending, things like that. But uh, it's primarily residential. So, uh, you know, I think it's important that people get to know the person behind the, the business or the brand. And uh, I remember meeting you originally, and I was kind of like, oh, this is cool. This guy's got an acting background because, you know, I'm in the commercial and production funny. business. funny. I thought the opposite of you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and great segue, by the way. <laughs> but uh, you told me something that was kind of cool. Is what You were on one of my favorite shows, actually filmed in Charlotte. And uh, tell us uh, about the Homeland experience <laughs> Homeland. for a second. Um, yeah, so as a hobby, I've been in, uh, I've had the acting bug uh, for, I don't know, since 99 or so. And it's, you know, I knew it wasn't uh, <laughs> going to be my main form of income. Uh, there's so many people in that and trying to get into that. So, you know, I stuck with building my business and doing, and doing that. But uh, as a hobby, uh, had, you know, took acting classes, did a bunch of theater, um, you know, I have my agency is, uh, is Evolution here in Charlotte and uh, landed a small role, speaking role in, uh, in Homeland uh, on, the, uh, on the, the first, uh, first season, the, uh, the last episode, the finale. And uh, it was a pivotal role, too, because I actually I let, um, I let uh, Sergeant Brody through in the, uh, in the town car when he had a bomb strapped to, uh, bomb strapped to, his, uh, to his chest. And that was the, uh, the agent that let him go through. Yeah, it could have been real bad. Could have been real <laughs> bad, but uh, the bomb didn't go off when uh, when it was supposed to. So all good. Wait a minute, you're the guy on the Epic Chop House commercial, right? That's the guy. You want his autograph, Man, Chuck? Yeah, we need to get that going. <laughs> I mean, you're the that. Epic Chop House guy. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, and speaking of which, and then I caught Angelo um, doing improv uh, with a buddy of mine a few months ago, 
and it really wasn't <laughs> much of a stretch to see him do that since I see him every week in our uh, B&I meeting, and he's always funny. But um, So, you know, how do you think having an acting background and being passionate about that, how does that tie into maybe the way you do business, you know, during the week with leverage? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm, I think I'm relatable. I, I get down to, um, you know, on a human level, I'm not, uh, I'm not the, you know, the person that's just, uh, honestly, I'm not going to bullshit you. Uh, it's, it's all about being real, um, being genuine, being honest with my clients. Um, and, and just being able to interact with them and on a daily basis where I'm, I'm down to earth with them. I know it. Uh, you know, I, I, I get it. I'm relatable. You know, uh, people have struggled. People have, you know, they want to save money from time to time. They, you know, they want to find the best, best products, programs for mortgages to, to, so they can not be house poor. You know, I help them not be house poor. You know, I'm, I'm not looking to put them in a loan where I make the most money I can possibly make just to move on to the next client. I'm looking out for them, for their future, for so they're not... Um, you know, so they're financially stable going forward. So now with the new pro, you know, we, we went through this you know, after 2007, we went through this, this point where oh, yeah. a lot of the alternative lending the products implosion were, of the mortgage yeah, the implosion, industry. a lot of the alternative <laughs> lending products that we saw a lot of these arms and things like that, uh, they went away or they became re- very restrictive. Where are we at now? Do we have more of the creative financing that is res- maybe what would I call cr- responsible creative financing or responsible alternatives outside just the typical 15 and 30 are those available to the typical homeowner yeah there's a there's a bunch of uh, it's called non-qm you know qm is basically your uh, fannie and freddie your vanilla paper you got your 30 years your 15 years 20 25 things like that conventional financing sold to fannie and freddie um, there's there's a, a lot of companies coming out now that's doing some non-QM stuff that are portfolio lenders that they still have to abide by um, Dodd-Frank to make sure that they have the ability to repay. Um, but they're, they're, they're a little bit more lenient on guidelines when it comes to bankruptcies, uh, seasoning, two years, three years, one year, whatever it may be, or foreclosures, things like that. So there's And self-employed borrowers, because there's, there's definitely a need for... Uh, people that are self-employed that, you know, they don't, it, being self-employed is a double-edged sword. You know, they, a lot of people write off their income to, for taxes and so don't have to pay a lot of taxes and things like that. And so, and these lenders know that and they understand that. And they're, they're developing these programs for self-employed borrowers that use maybe some bank statements or, um, you know, uh, one year's tax returns or something like that. P&Ls, things yeah, like that. Yes, exactly. Things like that. So, um, because they get it, they understand, you know, it's, and everything isn't, when according to Fannie and Freddie, it's, it's, it's black or white, it's cut and dry, you know, it's, you either qualify or you don't, if you have a, if it's one, one point on a credit score could either give you a loan or deny you for a loan. It's not like that with these other, uh, lenders and they're not, but they're not being, uh, usury about it. You know, they're not just putting people in these loans just to take their homes they're, that's they're not doing that you know they're, they're giving these people that wouldn't have a chance to qualify for a loan uh, you know an option to, to get into a home so how do you see the market right now in charlotte uh, i know that we we went to this we were in this place about a year ago where they said hey you know what there's not a lot of houses available for buyers is it the same way now yeah 2018 yeah right now the inventory is extremely extremely low um i'm seeing 
many of the pre-qualifications that I'm uh, that I have out on bars right now they're if they get to a house or if they try to schedule an appointment for a house usually it's either sold or it's under contract or there's multiple offers already on the house so if you're going to if you're going to look to buy a house you better come correct you better uh, you know, you better make sure that you have pre- your pre-qualification in place and you're ready. When you come to see that house, if you kind of, if you like it, pull the trigger because it's going to be gone. No matter what, yeah. I mean, you have to be, man, you have to, uh, you have to be in front of, uh, in front of, in front of everybody right now. Social media is probably the biggest platform right now that I'm trying to push um, video as well as the next, the, my next big thing that I'm trying to push. I'm uh, getting ready to do a video series called Mortgage Minute, um, and uh, you know, people people want something different. You know, I could I could put on, you know, I could email flyers or put flyers on my you know Instagram and you know, Facebook and and all that nonsense. But it's a flyer, you know, I'll get likes or whatever. But I think it, it, you have to engage. You have to engage your audience. You have to engage the uh, um, your market, who you're looking for, you have to, you have to uh, have, you have to have to have the interest uh, in that. You know, if 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 you put it out there, if they're interested, then uh, then that's something that I think video is going to capture that audience. Yeah. So for, I mean, obviously you've been on camera a bazillion times. You have a certain comfort. Um, what what do you tell the owner that's never been on camera? Like, what do you tell that person? Because they need to do it. Maybe they're they're gun shy. You know, what do you tell them? you know, to get them comfortable on camera. I know what I tell them as a video production pro, but what would you tell them as another business owner? They should take some improv classes. <laughs> imp- I love it. Improv classes. Yeah. Watch impro- a lot of Seinfeld, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I would, honestly, I would tell them just to break out of your comfort zone. You know, break out of your comfort zone. It's, it's. Uh, Did it get easier you- for you? Like, forget business. Like, you, you know, think about the first audition you went on, Okay. The very first one. Oh, absolutely. And then the one you went on today. Yeah, you know? true. Yeah, it gets it does get easier. Um, it, it definitely, <laughs> definitely uh, helps you build a thick skin when you don't get uh, picked for whatever part that you audition for. But, but you know, it's trial and error. You have to do different things to see what uh, uh, you know what works and what doesn't work. And if you're a business owner that hasn't broke into that video, just think about it. There's there's not it, well, in my particular industry. There's nobody doing video that the uh, like the way I'm going to be doing it with the mortgage minute in this area I have seen nobody none of my competition is doing it so if you're in an industry that uh, and you want to do video there's not a lot of people doing video right now video is just on it's just becoming on the forefront of of marketing um avenues now what's important in in your series like what are you trying to do why is and video is the medium but what's your message you're not selling in there no no it's Uh, definitely being informative, educational, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully putting a a smile on some people's faces in the meantime. Chuck's back with us now in the studio. Chuck, what are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Well, I, I I've recovered now. Um, (laughs) well, no, I have a question. Um, so with what you see the other, you're talking about what the other mortgage companies are doing, what, what's the big mistake you see them making in the way they're marketing? Um, is it old school tactics? They just keep everybody's doing the same old, same old thing. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, I know a, a few mortgage companies that primarily focus on refinances, and they do mailers, and that's all they do is refi. They have nobody on the streets talking to realtors, getting that new purchase business. And guess what? 
interest rates go up and uh, you know a half a percent or a quarter percent could potentially put somebody you know off from doing a refi you know if your business focuses primarily refi and rates the interest rates go up you're dead in the water honestly so um, I try to focus on both you know there's there's definitely reasons to refi whether it be cash out debt consolidation or uh, renovations to a home, what have you, but there's, you know, you have to be in that purchase business. People are always looking to purchase homes. That's never going to go away. Refis will definitely not go away completely, but they're definitely going to slow down. So what you're saying is good, you know, some of these other companies, the sandwich board walking around Burkdale is not a good way to market. No, gotcha. not really. Gotcha. Okay. No. Uh-uh. And what you're saying is also that, so they may have a call center with a hundred people or a thousand people. That's just going to come and go. They're going to lay those people off. As soon it's as a revolving the rates go door. down, or those people are gonna they'll they'll weed themselves out. Absolutely, is what you're it's yeah. it's a revolving door, and that's yeah. one thing that I've, uh, you know, that's not my business model. It never has been. I've never wanted to be a call center. I've never solicited. You know, I've never done mailers and things like that. It's always been word of mouth, referral based, um, you know, client driven uh, service. You know, I, I'm right. and that's uh, I just I don't I don't believe in that, and I've never wanted my business model to be a call center or a sweatshop. But you're touching on something interesting because I think when people look at marketing, right, and and they say it all the time. We know a lot of people like this. Oh, I don't need new business. I it's all referral based, right? I don't need a website. I don't need video. I don't even need a business card. But I think at the end of the day, if you are going to refer somebody, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they, they trust that referral. But I don't know about you. They're still looking that person up. Oh, and they're going to their website, and if it's not creative, it's not engaging. If there's no video, and the other guy has video, and it's better, I think that that's going to make an impact. What do you, I mean? What do you guys think? Absolutely, yeah. They, I think right now another another reason um, it's you have to have you have to be online, and Google reviews are king right now. I mean, just like Amazon. If you if you go to Amazon to you know, to purchase a product. I mean, for me personally, I'm scouring through at least 15 to 20 reviews to see how, you know, people like the product. You know, the same thing uh, with my business. I've had an influx of calls because of my Google reviews, which are five-star, by the way. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, mean, who doesn't look at reviews nowadays? I mean, maybe your grandmother, it's 90 years old. Uh, Right, I mean, right. Yeah, you're going to. Yeah, when you, I mean, Chuck, earlier when you were buying gel, on Amazon, I mean, you pick the top <laughs> reviews. But what's yeah. your opinion as a digital marketer and as far as, like, where should people be having reviews? How often should they go up? You know, is it quantity? Is it quality? Should you, as an owner, should you respond to it? Should you like it? Talk about reviews from your point of view. I could talk about reviews for, like, two hours nonstop. Is that with a phone drop or without? <laughs> well, <laughs> we could add a phone drop if you'd like. Uh, no, but, uh, yeah, you have to have reviews. Uh, they can't be fake. And you can't get them all at once. They just need to be consistent, especially with Google. And um, if you don't get reviews, somebody's going to give you a bad review. You're going to get a bad. Somebody's going to be mad no matter what you do. You can't make everybody happy. Yeah, you can't make everybody happy. And when you get that that one bad one and you've got 50, 60 great reviews, people can read between the lines. People are intelligent. Um, You just have to do it. So it affects your ranking. It affects perception. It affects people choosing you uh, because we're all preconditioned as children to have little stars on our fifth grade paper. You know, great job, Johnny. And take these stars home and show mom. So we're in our brains. We're already preconditioned for that. So, yes, that's it's so important. That's a great point. And then touch for a second on both you guys. And um, I agree with that 100 percent. But if somebody does leave you a bad review as an owner, what should you do? What should you not do? 
Well, I've been extremely fortunate thus far not to have Same here. A, a bad review. Um, I cringe. I just, if I do get a bad review, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not going to attack them on the review. I'm going to just uh, probably say, just give them an outlet, say, yes, whatever we can do to, to rectify the situation. You know, let's have a phone call about it. You know, Right. Let's, let's, Own up to it. Uh, and that's one of the one things. No matter if, what. If no matter what. Yeah. I uh, Look, my father, he, my father's from Greece, old school, old country, taught me all about business, uh, taught me all about um, ethics. And he's the one thing he just said, you know, honesty is the best policy. You know, if you own up to something then, and you fix it, then you'll you can turn that bad review into a positive review if you're if you're honest about it. Yeah, and what I find too, when when for example, where we shot um, the commercial with you, Epic, yeah, great restaurant, right? I've eaten there many times, bazillion awesome reviews. And and show me one restaurant that doesn't have one bad review. Correct. Some customer had a bad experience for whatever reason, made it up. So uh, what happens is not only when the owner deals with it, and he did, um, and I know the owner, um, and he just he t- you know took ownership, but all the other customers they start positive reviews come right after that as loyalty to that business saying, I don't know what that person's talking about. I eat here three times a week. You know, it increases the amount of positive reviews. And then people like Chuck said, read between the lines. They know that this one person woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day. And that was their outlet to, uh, you know, to release Chuck. Well, I think addressing reviews, you have to address it and you have to address it in a timely manner. Now, certain situations may may deem you know the strategy to change but you definitely have to to address it you have to address their concerns say i'm sorry that you felt this way um, or that happened to you and i want to get right on this now i want to address your concern and how can we help you out and i am the owner and please give me a call right now because when other people see that they're like wow the owner's jumping on here. It's not, you know, little Jimmy over here that just started with us three weeks ago. He just graduated from high school, and we're right. putting him on the computer. You're the owner, <laughs> and you're taking ownership of this. People see that. They like that to feel that response. And typically what it is is the person on the other end will never respond to you because they are so small-minded. And this is the majority of the time I see this, so tell me if I'm wrong. But they're so small-minded. Uh, they're just this is the only way they know how to communicate and they want to be heard. They feel, they feel like they've been wronged. And so what you have to do is, is tell them, Hey, I hear you and right. I want to help you. Many times you can get them to remove that and just get on that personal phone call. You don't want to have this, this back and forth exchange. You don't want to um, be in a defensive yeah. mode. Once you start getting defensive, you right. want to get on their side and For say, sure. Hey, I want to help you. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, sound, right. And it sounds like a lot of times that person that's leaving that is the kid that wasn't picked for, right. you know, you know, for kickball and gym class and, I get you totally. Got a lot of good review stories. Yeah, I bet. I never got picked for gym class. Yeah, right. <laughs> I do have a question for you. So, um, you know, online, I won't even mention, we'll use fake names like, you know, superrocketmortgage.com forward slash awesome and elevator mortgage and all these other things that you see. <laughs> What's the second, deal? I'm, hang on a second. I'm buying those as you speak. Oh, you, right, yeah. Okay. yeah get, your, get your app out. So, uh, but yeah, what, what's up with all that and you know why should people maybe think hey th- this might be easy but why would i want to go to someone local and trusted um in saying that i have a pretty good idea of who you're talking about right um that's your other domain right? m- m- their missiles go to space right <laughs> right um, that's right <laughs> yeah. um 
You know, it's it's not a gimmick. It is they they do make the uh, the process the application process easier. Uh, it's and right now it's all about convenience. Um, people would much rather do an application online or on their phone versus picking up the phone and calling, or um, uh, or um, you know like a face to face. They want convenience. They want to be able to do it from their bed, uh, their bedroom, whatever the case may be, um, and they make it seem like they're the only ones that do it. But honestly, I can do the same thing. I have, and that's another big thing about my company as well is I'm constantly researching processes to make, uh, to simplify and streamline my process as well. I have a completely online loan application process. I have uh, an online uh, portal where they can upload all their documents into. Nothing's, you know, you're going to have to talk to somebody at some point. And it's, it's the perception that, you know, they can do it without talking to anybody. But nine times out of ten, they're going to talk to somebody. They're going to want to pick up that phone and talk to somebody because nobody's going to close on without actually speaking to a loan officer, plain and simple. Right, right. And uh, you, you're you going to help them deal with those specific situations they may have. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we'll help, you know, they could have, a very, you know, could have a very uh, – interesting scenario when it comes to employment, you know, versus when they go from 1099 to W-2 or, or vice versa. So it's, you know, they're going to have to talk to somebody that's knowledgeable enough to be able to scour the guidelines and to figure out exactly where to place them in the loan to get the, to get the, to get closed. And I did get a sneak peek at the episode one of Mortgage Minute. And as far as bringing you down payment to the closing, definitely leave the Bitcoin at home, correct? Yeah, Bitcoin. Um, like I said, if it uh, if, if you still have it, if it's uh, having you haven't lost all of it or has been 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 stolen through the blockchain, yeah, go ahead and keep it. Keep it where it's at. And we can't use it. Angela, thanks so much for coming in today. Best way for uh, somebody to reach you. Um, best ways for somebody to reach me is you can go to our website at lendwithleverage.com, uh, cotmortgageguide.com, and of course all the social media outlets: uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, email, all that good stuff. And, you know, sometimes you can even contact my girlfriend's self, but I'm not going to give that to you. (laughs) 